from San Francisco, California, with your host, Ben Kaspik. This is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. Coming up on today's show, I want to talk about the rest of the non-roster invitees for the Giants. There are 18 of them. We talked about a few yesterday. And I also want to talk about this new update from Baseball Savant that came out this morning courtesy of the good people from MLB.com who manage that site and are coming up with these fascinating new metrics using StatCast data. So for a couple of years now, we've had outfield outs above average as a metric that they created, and it's just another tool in the toolbox for us to evaluate defense, which for a long time was something that was hard to quantify. But we're definitely moving in a positive direction in terms of being able to quantify defense, and today is a huge step forward in that regard because they have rolled out infield outs above average, and it's really interesting what they've been able to do, specifically because when you think about how infield defense plays out in today's game, with all the shifting, you know, somebody like Brandon Crawford, who we're going to talk about a lot here, He may be a shortstop, and he's only ever quote-unquote playing shortstop, yet a lot of the time in today's day and age, he finds himself on the right side of second base playing what you know traditionally would be called the second base position and really playing positions that traditionally haven't been played, like up the middle, directly behind the base, or just to the right of second base. So because the positional lines are being blurred, and another example is that the third baseman in today's game often will shift over to the second base side of second base, when we're evaluating their defense and we're not, you know, changing their position, everything they do is getting counted as contributions from third base, yet that's not really where they were. And so this new metric from Baseball Savant you know, because they're using StatCast data, which is tracking where players are on every play, it doesn't care what the name of your position is in the lineup. It cares about where you're standing. And so we can look at how did someone like Brandon Crawford fare when he was playing straight up shortstop and how does he fare when he's playing up the middle or even on the right side of second base. And the reason I'm using that as an example here is because his defense has been dramatically different, or at least in 2019, it was dramatically different depending on where he was positioned prior to the pitch. And so overall, you know, we can look at things like defensive run saved and ultimate zone rating, but that isn't factoring in where was he standing and is it different for him depending on where he was standing, but this new metric does. So looking at something like defensive run saved, which is already a step in the right direction as opposed to something like fielding percentage. Going back to 2016, Brandon Crawford's defensive run saved numbers go from 20 to 9 to 6 to 0 in 2019. But that doesn't tell the whole story. So when we look at his overall outs above average 
for 2019, we get a minus four outs above average. And before I go any further, I should define outs above average as, you know, they are defining it in this metric and how they come to that conclusion. They basically look at where did you start? Where did you intercept the ball? Like what was the intercept point? How long did you have to get there? How far are you then from the base that the runner is heading to? And on force plays, how fast is the runner on average? So all of these are being factored in and say there's a play where you only have a 10% chance of making it. If you make the play, you get credit for 0.9 outs above average. And if you don't make it, it only costs you minus 0.1. So there's a big article on MLB.com where you can read all about the details of this new metric. But let's just dive into Brandon Crawford specifically for now. When he played straight up shortstop, four and a half outs above average. However, if he shaded towards the second base bag but was still on the shortstop side, he cost the Giants minus 4.6 outs above average. Now, if he played on the second base side outright, whether he was shaded toward the bag, up the middle, or in right field, he was a combined minus 4 outs above average. So that's minus 8.6 outs above average when he basically shifts to his left in 2019. And again, straight up shortstop plus four and a half outs above average. So that's a very interesting finding here. And I don't necessarily have an explanation that I can give with a high degree of confidence, except that I can visually recall him making some bad plays around the second base bag versus when he's straight up deep shortstop. I think that's where he's looked his most comfortable. And that's kind of anecdotal evidence uh, when he's deep back there, it kind of means his range is probably less important because he, he gives himself more time to get to a ball and then he still has a very strong arm. So that could explain it. And it could just be a simple matter of not feeling comfortable with the angle of the ball coming into him from a different position than the one he's played his entire life. He's such a freakishly talented athlete that it would make sense that he's probably never played anywhere other than shortstop his entire life until all this recent shifting in the majors. So whatever it is, it's just a fascinating new tool that we have at our disposal. And it just provides much greater detail about what specifically is happening that's leading to these numbers that say Brandon Crawford is declining defensively. Because no matter what numbers you look at, we are seeing that in his game. And it's a cause for concern. And so this helps us understand why it's happening and how it might be addressed. So I'm sure the Giants already probably have this information at their disposal. Maybe they shouldn't be shifting him to the right side of second base, and they should do that more with the third baseman and leave Crawford alone at the shortstop position. I thought some other interesting guys to look at included Mauricio Dubon, who rated as zero outs above average as a second baseman and minus two outs above average as a shortstop. Dubon was weakest as a shortstop when he was playing straight up shortstop. And he was at his best when shifted towards the second base bag. Interestingly, Donovan Solano rated as one of the Giants' better defenders, infield defenders by this metric, plus two outs above average as a second baseman. Pretty much no matter where he stood on the right side, he was a positive. And at shortstop, one out above average, his weakest position being straight up. But he also did well when playing more towards the third base side, so in the hole at short slash 
towards the third base side. So it's a fun tool. I highly recommend checking it out at baseballsavant.com. And I'm sure we'll talk more about it, more about specific players too, as the offseason rolls on. So coming up in the second half of the show, we'll talk about the non-roster invitees of note for the Giants. There are a lot of them and several are worth discussing in some detail. So that's all coming up next. But first, this spring, follow your favorite baseball team to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. 10 beautiful stadiums, 15 major league teams, and 75 degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles. It's really a great experience. You can follow the Giants or whatever team on the road, wherever they're playing, no matter what. Meet the players, get autographs before games. Enjoy baseball in February and March in the sunshine. There are amazing restaurants and bars nearby including tons of craft breweries like Four Peaks, Angel's Trumpet Ale House, and Goldwater Brewing Company. Enjoy live music from local and national artists. There's hiking, biking, jeep tours, hot air balloons, skydiving, or just take in a sunset. No matter what you love to do, Arizona really has you covered. You can also check off must-see destinations from your bucket list like the Grand Canyon. Bringing your kids, that's totally fine. Arizona is a fantastic destination for families. They have family-friendly resorts and hotels that offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages, from water parks to horseback rides to games and activities. Really is a fantastic time, and you can plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. Okay, as promised here in the second half of the show, I want to talk about the... 18 non-roster invitees invited to Major League Spring Training. We talked yesterday about Joey Bart and Sean Jelly, and I think that's a huge development. Bart, not a surprise, he was there last year, but I think he's going to have a big role in big league camp this year. The Giants are auditioning him. He's probably going to be in the Major Leagues this season. Definitely could start the year in AAA, so don't be surprised if Bart gets by far the most at-bats of any catcher in spring. Also think it's cool that Sean Jelly will be there. He's their best pitching prospect by most accounts. He's six foot eleven, uh, creates a difficult angle for hitters, and as such has been able to limit homers and induce a lot of grounders at the minor league level. And so I'm definitely intrigued by him, intrigued by his steamer projections, and it'll be cool to see him in major league camp. So some other guys here. Tyler Heineman announced himself on Twitter that he had signed with the Giants, and he's a switch-hitting catcher who had a monster 2019 season in the minors. He hit 341 with a 397 on base and 622 slugging in 48 games in AAA for the Marlins after being traded from the Diamondbacks. For the Diamondbacks in AAA last season, he hit 325 with a 407 on base and 525 slugging, which was about 30% better than their league average. He even made his Major League debut In 2019 for the Marlins, played in five games, hit a home run, and struck out 33% of the time, but his minor league strikeout numbers are actually really low. So there's a real chance that this guy could end up being the backup catcher coming into opening day. For the Giants, I think they're kind of looking for someone to just hold that spot down until Joey Bart is ready. Also in camp will be Chad Tromp, a catcher who's known for his defensive ability over his offensive ability, although he did have 
big offensive numbers in the minors in 2019 with the Reds. But so all of these catchers create a little bit of competition for Aramis Garcia, who we had just assumed might be the backup because they didn't have a lot of other catching depth. But now they have at least, you know, three guys, four if you count Bart, who will be battling for backup catcher duties. Christian Adamas is back. He had a, you know, he briefly played for the Giants in 2019, formerly with the Colorado Rockies. Did well in a small sample, but you know, had a 500 batting average on balls in play, which is obviously unsustainable. So, you know, he kind of fits the Donovan Solano type mold, although he's a switch hitter where Solano's just a right-handed hitter. One of the more interesting names to me is Drew Robinson, who scouts think could be a pretty decent major league utility player, and he has some surprising pop. He's also been called a freakish athlete, and he has an existing strikeout swing and miss issue. He's played 100 major league games between the the Rangers and the Cardinals and struck out 40% of the time in those games, which is extremely high. A new pitcher to the Giants organization is Trey McNutt. He's a right-handed reliever with pretty good strikeout numbers in the minors and a solid projection of a 3.98 ERA from Steamer. So I'll be very interested to see what McNutt is featuring. Jamie Westbrook is an outfielder who made a relevant swing change over the 2017 and 18 seasons and went from a contact-only hitter to one with some relevant pop, just not enough to play left field every day. And that's a quote from Eric Longenhagen and Kylie McDaniel over at Fangraphs. Also mentioned yesterday, Joey Rickard is back. I like him kind of in that role that he filled last season. I think he provides some positive attributes when utilized properly, which of course the Giants would do. He is roughly league average against left-handed pitching, hitting 278 with a 337 on base and 425 slugging. Has some speed, has a little bit of pop. Anyway, so that is not, you know, the Giants, just because they put out this non-roster invitee list doesn't mean that they're done and that's the only players who are going to be in camp. There's a whole month plus left before spring training even opens. And then it's totally possible that they could add players during spring training. We did see that last season as well. So I'm still holding out, I don't want to say hope, but I just I still think that they're going to make some moves here in the next month plus, right up until opening day when we'll finally start to talk about some baseball games again. So remember to get the show every single weekday. You need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspik. Look out for a Q&A prompt on Twitter that may come out today or tomorrow. And of course, we'll be doing our weekly mailbag either tomorrow or on Friday. Really hope you enjoyed today's show. Cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow. And until then, we'll see you next time. 